Credit, a post on LinkedIn. Every human life is a journey destined towards the beginning point of this whole existence. In Egypt it is described as wisdom snake, which is eating its own tail. Out of nothingness as per Buddha, shunyata as per Nagarjuna, this whole existence evolved. It is evolving each moment may be very slow me, like any natural process, tree or animal or human being. All these components of ecology are being fed by same energy just like juice from roots of a rose plant nourishes each flower, thorn, leaf, and stem or branch individually while they all are away from each other and performing different role. Only human being can experience and know this natural juice or energy, and its very experience brings eternal freedom from this cycle of death and life again and again. In earlier period food was directly arranged by each person from nature itself, so there was not even need of studying and job etc. As soon as one is free daily routine one can immerse inside and make effort to know the truth. So in that period of time in history creative people get immersed in art forms as it helps one in forwarding inner journey. Others get busy in extending territory or protecting it. To run this military a system of revenue was developed from business as well as land use. Now one has to earn bread and butter first, so the need of necessary evil like education and job arises too. After getting job again people get involved in two types of job one in constructive role of society and another in revenue or military. Military comprises of every development in technology which is also used for civil purposes or generation of revenue purposes too. For both ways one badly needs to progress step by step as per four zones above. After being reached at fourth zone and conquered at two, one may be in civil use of his power. If there is compassion enough to begin progress in spiritual dimension then achievements of all these four leads one to enter in the comfort zone and spiritual journey for most of the successful person. It is because they feel comfortable being at top in material world. It requires daring to lose all achievements specially knowledge gained and jump into the ocean of the unknown at ripened age of life. This fourth zone consists of heart chakra and human body. So only if there is left enough compassion towards peoples then only progress towards it is possible. If there left no compassion means the mind has started playing role of the heart too. All mental challenges begin to show their signs here in life afterwards. Once challenges well set then through psychological or other treatment they need to first conquer the heart chakra again in its virgin state, as it is its natural state, and journey may begin again in spiritual world zones. The aha moment when one finds engulfed in natural surroundings, or due to any other reason, is felt by this chakra. Since by the grace of God, he breathed first breathe in everyone's body, so unless and until you give first priority to God, he is not ready to accept your request. Initially only for a few moments you experience it, by being in present moment, because he is present always and everywhere. He is beyond space, time, that is why Jesus Christ said there will be no time when asked about quality of kingdom of God. Few moments of your life, at least, when you are busy with your career making process may sow the seed of spirituality to let it grow in tree form when sufficient soil, success in material world, is made ready. Then after getting established with family while children got married or so, then whenever your heart says it is right time to turn in, then you can begin turning inwards till you remain inwards 24 hours, 7 days. One has conquered his first zone i.e. comfort zone of spiritual progress. The meditation that helped me in my inner journey is here. I practiced it during brushing my teeth, when I am alone with myself for 2 minutes, and over a period of time, meditation became way of life effortlessly. Then these moments, spent by a person in practicing meditation for few minutes from busy daily schedule, will be of great benefit as the flame is still burning at dim light. It may encroach upon all your activities in the form of mindfulness during acts, without your knowing or trying about it. Its effect may have been felt by you at fag end of your career's most important event when you do not feel any hunger or thirst for whole day. 
one has conquered his second zone i.e. fear zone of spiritual progress. It is a sign of the God, by being breathed in you with his eternal source of energy, energizing you for whole day even without your notice. It is a sign that he is accepting your request, to be free from the world and in solitude, if you meditate and keep busy reading or listening or dancing, celebrating etc. then one day you may get a glimpse of him in someone's eyes as happened with Amir Kusaro, in a leaf falling from a tree as happened with Lao Tzu, in dimming of morning star as happened with Buddha. This is Satori, you may feel as lost your ego for a few moments because of one's meditative energy level is so low to retain it for 24 hours, 7 days this is one's entry into third zone of the spiritual progress, or sixth zone from beginning of career. And if one go on practicing meditation and practicing witnessing awareness then one day one will get the glimpse without any other support or one may call it answer of question who am I. This happens when you are about to leave any time the sixth zone. Now compassion rises in your heart for others. Here only due to blessings of God, it may happen to you again that suddenly you enter into kingdom of God effortlessly or it may not happen at all in your lifetime. It all depends upon His grace on you. He graced you first breath and now again His grace is important. So if one has reached to this point through motto work is worship or prayer is worship or love is God to serve is serving God these all are of no use afterwards but only His grace is needed to reach higher level. The more compassion overflows through you towards whole ecosystem of the surroundings, the more are your chances. This is the real wealth acquired by a human being because no one can snatch it from you, only your willingness to give and it starts flowing. The more you share it with others the more and more you get it. You entered into spiritual world and keep growing here there is no limit in infinite for eternity or limitless time and space to explore. Now one can draw energy at will from infinite and eternal source of energy by just thinking about it. To make it clearer it is quoted in detail as below. Quoted from Chapter 1, The Buddha Within, The Heart Sutra, P410. In bracket, my comments are based on from my experience and knowing or understanding till date vis-a-vis zone shown in fig above. The ancient Buddhist scriptures talk about seven temples. Just as Sufis talk about seven valleys, and Hindus talk about seven chakras, Buddhists talk about seven temples. In Christianity there are seven rugs of the ladder and now I am trying to correlate them with seven zones of the spiritual world, actually every human being is destined to conquer but usually stops at fourth, after conquering material world as per the picture above. The first temple, the physical, can correspond to the Hindu map with the Muladhar chakra. Comfort zone. The second, the psychosomatic, with Svatisan chakra. Fear zone. The third, the psychological, with Manipur chakra. Learning zone. The fourth, the psycho-spiritual, with Anahata chakra. Growth zone, for material world and comfort zone, for spiritual progress. The fifth, the spiritual, with Vishuddha chakra. Fear zone for spiritual progress. The sixth, the spiritual transcendental, with Agya or Ana chakra. Learning zone for spiritual progress. And the seventh, the transcendental, with Sahastrar chakra. Growth zone of spiritual world. Sahastrar means 1000 petal lotus. That is the symbol of the ultimate flowering, nothing has remained hidden, all has become unhidden, manifest. The thousand petal lotus has opened, the whole sky is filled with its fragrance, its beauty, its benediction. In the modern world a great work has started in search of the innermost core of the human being. It will be good to understand how far modern efforts lead us. Pavlov, B.F. Skinner and the other behaviorists, go on circling around the physical, the Muladhar chakra. They think man is only the body. They get too much involved in the first temple, they get too much involved with the physical, and they forget everything else. These people are trying to explain man only through the physical, the material. This attitude becomes a hindrance because they are not open. 
when from the very beginning you deny that there is nothing other than the body, then you deny the exploration itself. This becomes a prejudice. A communist, a Marxist, a behaviorist, an atheist, people who believe that man is only the body, their very belief closes doors to higher realities. They become blind. And the physical is there, the physical is the most apparent, it needs no proof. The physical body is there, you need not prove it. Because it need not be proved, it becomes the only reality. That is nonsense. Then man loses all dignity. If there is nothing to grow in or to grow towards, there cannot be any dignity in life. Then man becomes a thing. Then you are not an opening, then nothing more is going to happen to you, you are a body, you will eat, and you will defecate, and you will eat and you will make love and produce children, and this will go on and on, and one day you die. A mechanical repetition of the mundane, the trivia, how can there be any significance, any meaning, any poetry? How can there be any dance? Skinner has written a book, Beyond Freedom and Dignity. It should be called Below Freedom and Dignity, not Beyond. It is below, it is the lowest standpoint about man, the ugliest. There is nothing wrong about the body, remember. I am not against the body, it is a beautiful temple. The ugliness enters when you think this is all. Man can be conceived of as a ladder with seven rungs, and you get identified with the first rung. Then you are not going anywhere. And the ladder is there, and the ladder bridges this world and the other, the ladder bridges matter with God. The first rung is perfectly good if it is used in relationship to the whole ladder. If it functions as a first step it is immensely beautiful, one should be thankful to the body. But if you start worshipping the first rung and you forget the remaining six, you forget that the whole ladder exists and you become closed, confined to the first rung, then it is no longer a rung at all. Because a rung is a rung only when it leads to another rung, a rung is a rung only when it is part of a ladder. If it is no longer a rung then you are stuck with it. Hence, people who are materialistic are always stuck, they always feel something is missing, they don't feel they are going anywhere. They move in rounds, in circles, and they come again and again to the same point. They become tired and bored. They start contemplating how to commit suicide. And their whole effort in life is to find some sensations, so something new can happen. But what new can happen? All the things that we go on being occupied with are nothing but toys to play with. Think of these words of Frank Sheed, the soul of man is crying for purpose or meaning. And the scientist says, here is a telephone. Or, look. Television, exactly as one tries to distract a baby crying for its mother by offering it sugar sticks and making funny faces at it. The leaping stream of invention has served extraordinarily well to keep man occupied, to keep him from remembering that which is troubling him. So is still today. All that the modern world has provided you with is nothing but sugar sticks, toys to play with, and you are crying for the mother, you are crying for love, and you are crying for consciousness, and you are crying for some significance in life. And they say, look, the telephone. Look. The television. Look. We have brought so many beautiful things for you. And you play around a little bit, again you get fed up, again you are bored, and again they go on searching for new toys for you to play with. This state of affairs is ridiculous. It is so absurd that it seems almost inconceivable how we go on living in it. We have got caught at the first rung. Remember that you are in the body, but you are not the body, let that be a continuous awareness in you. You live in the body, and the body is a beautiful abode. Remember, I am not for a single moment hinting that you become antibody, that you start denying the body as the so-called spiritualists have done down the ages. The materialists go on thinking that the body is all that is, and there are people who move to the opposite extreme, and they start saying that the body is illusory, the body is not. Destroy the body so the illusion is destroyed, and you can become really real. This other extreme is a reaction. 
the materialist creates his own reaction in the spiritualist, but they are partners in the same business, they are not very different people. The body is beautiful, the body is real, the body has to be lived, the body has to be loved. The body is a great gift of God. Not for a single moment be against it, and not for a single moment think that you are only it. You are far bigger. Use the body as a jumping board. The second is, psychosomatic, Svadhisan Chakra. Fear zone, material progress. Freudian psychoanalysis functions there. It goes a little higher than Skinner and Pavlov. Freud enters into the mysteries of the psychological a little bit more. He's not just a behaviorist, but he never goes beyond dreams. He goes on analyzing the dreams. The dream exists as an illusion in you. It is indicative, it is symbolic, and it has a message from the unconscious to be revealed to the conscious. But there is no point in just getting caught in it. Use the dream, but don't become the dream. You are not the dream. And there is no need to make so much fuss about it, as Freudians go on making. Their whole effort seems to be moving in the dimension of the dream world. Take note of it, take a very, very clear standpoint about it, understand its message, and there is no need really to go to anybody else for your dream analysis. If you cannot analyze your dream nobody else can, because your dream is your dream. And your dream is so personal that nobody else can dream the way you dream. Nobody has ever dreamed the way you dream, nobody will ever dream the way you dream, nobody can explain it to you. His interpretation will be his interpretation. Only you can look into it. And in fact there is no need to analyze the dream, look at the dream in its totality, with clarity, with alertness, and you will see the message. It is so loud. There is no need to go for psychoanalysis for three, four, five, seven years. A person who is dreaming every night, and in the day is going to the psychoanalyst to be analyzed, becomes by and by surrounded by dreamy stuff. Just as the first becomes too much obsessed with the Muladhar chakra, the physical, the second becomes too much obsessed with the sexual. Because the second, the realm of psychosomatic reality, is sex. The second starts interpreting everything in terms of sex. Whatsoever you do, go to the Freudian, and he will reduce it to sex. Nothing higher exists for him. He lives in the mud, he does not believe in the lotus. You bring a lotus flower to him he will look at it and reduce it to the mud. He will say, this is nothing, this is just dirty mud. Has it not come out of dirty mud? If it has come out of dirty mud then it has to be dirty mud. Reduce everything to its cause, and that is the real. Then every poem is reduced to sex, everything beautiful is reduced to sex and perversion and repression. Michelangelo is a great artist? Then his art has to be reduced to some sexuality. And Freudians go to absurd lengths. They say, Michelangelo or Gouda or Byron, all their great works of art which bring great joy to millions of people, are nothing but repressed sex, maybe Gouda was going to masturbate and was stopped. Millions of people are stopped from masturbation, but they don't become like Gouda. It is absurd. But Freud is the master of the world of the toilet. He lives there, that is his temple. Art becomes pathology, poetry becomes pathology, and everything becomes perversion. If Freudian analysis succeeds then there will be no Kaladeas, no Shakespeare, no Michelangelo, no Mozart no Wagner, because everybody will be normal. These are abnormal people. These people are psychologically ill, according to Freud. The greatest are reduced to the lowest. Buddha is ill, according to Freud, because whatsoever things he is talking about, they are nothing but repressed sex. This approach reduces human greatness to ugliness. Beware of it. Buddha is not ill. In fact, Freud is ill. The silence of Buddha, the joy of Buddha, the celebration of Buddha, it is not ill. It is the full flowering of well-being. But to Freud the normal person is one who has never sang a song, who has never danced, 
who has never celebrated, never prayed, never meditated, never done anything creative, is just normal, goes to the office, comes home, eats, drinks, sleeps, and dies, leaves not a trace behind of his creativity, leaves not a single signature anywhere. This normal man seems to be very mediocre, dull and dead. There is a suspicion about Freud that because he himself could not create, he was an uncreative person, he was condemning creativity itself as pathology. There is every possibility that he was a mediocre person. It is his mediocrity which feels offended by all the great people of the world. The mediocre mind is trying to reduce all greatness. The mediocre mind cannot accept that there can be any greater being than him. That hurts. It is a revenge from the mediocre, this whole psychoanalysis and its interpretation of human life. Beware of it. It is better than the first, yes, a little ahead of the first, but one has to go, and go on going, beyond and beyond. The third is psychological. Manipur Chakra, learning zone for material progress. Adler lives in the world of the psychological, the will to power, at least something, very egoistic, but at least something, a little more open than Freud. But the problem is, just like Freud reduces everything to sex, Adler goes on reducing everything to inferiority complex. People try to become great because they feel inferior. A person trying to become enlightened is a person who is feeling inferior, and a person trying to become enlightened is a person who is on the trip of power. This is utterly wrong, because we have seen people, a Buddha, a Christ, and a Krishna, who are so utterly surrendered that their trip cannot be called a power trip. And when Buddha blooms he has no ideas of superiority, not at all. He bows down to the whole of existence. He has not that idea of holier than thou, not at all. Everything is holy, even the dust is divine. No, he is not thinking himself superior, and he was not striving to become superior. He was not feeling inferior at all. He was born a king, there was no question of inferiority. He was at the top from the very beginning, there was no question of inferiority. He was the richest man in his country, the most powerful man in his country, there was no more power to be attained, no more riches to be attained. He was one of the most beautiful men ever born on this earth, he had one of the most beautiful women as his beloved. All was available to him. But Adler would go on searching for some inferiority because he could not believe that a man could have any goal other than the ego. It is better. Better than Freud, a little higher. Ego is a little higher than sex, not much higher, but a little higher. The fourth is psycho-spiritual, Anahata Chakra the heart center. Growth zone of material world or all these four combined becomes comfort zone for spiritual progress. Jung, Asajoli and others penetrate that realm. They go higher than Pavlov, Freud, and Adler, they open more possibilities. They accept the world of the irrational, the unconscious, they don't confine themselves to reason. They are more reasonable people, they accept unreason or irrational too. The irrational is not denied but accepted. This is where modern psychology stops, at the fourth rung. And the fourth rung is just in the middle of the whole ladder, three rungs on this side and three rungs on that side. Modern psychology is not yet a complete science. It is hanging in the middle. It is very shaky, not certain about anything. It is more hypothetical than experiential. It is still struggling to be. This is also about fourth zone and most of the people remain stuck at this zone. Maybe because going beyond it one needs to lose one's identity and unconditional surrender to God is becomes a necessary step. The fifth is spiritual, Vishuddha Chakra, fear zone for spiritual progress, Islam, Hinduism, and Christianity, the mass organized religions remain stuck with the fifth. They don't go beyond the spiritual. All the organized religions, the churches, remain there. The sixth is the spiritual transcendental, with Sahastrar Chakra. 
Growth Zone of Spiritual World Yoga, Reiki and other methods All over the world, down the ages, many methods have been developed which are less like a church organization, which are not dogmatic but are more experiential. You have to do something with your body and mind, you have to create a certain harmony within yourself so that you can ride on that harmony, you can ride on that cloud of harmony and go far away from your ordinary reality. Yoga can comprehend all that, that is the sixth. And the seventh is transcendental, Sahastra Chakra. Growth Zone of Spiritual World, Tantra, Tao, Zen. Buddha's attitude is of the seventh dash Paramita. Quoted from Chapter 1, The Buddha Within, The Heart Sutra, P410. In bracket, my comments are based on from my experience and knowing or understanding till date. Here one simply leaves one's body i.e. ego too, as its very purpose is achieved. Like a school kid at the end of the day leaves for his home, happily and in mood of celebration. Fear is permanently dissolved because the reason for fear lies deep within everyone, is only this yearning for unfinished task or unexplored opportunity but it was falsely projected on body and hence ego arises. Fear of death is fear of losing this ego actually. It means wisdom that is transcendental, wisdom that comes to you only when all the bodies have been crossed and you have become just a pure awareness, just a witness, pure subjectivity. Unless man reaches to the transcendental, man will have to be provided with toys, sugar sticks. He will have to be provided with false meanings. Just the other day I came across an American car advertisement. It says, with a beautiful car, on top of the car it says, something to believe in. Man has never fallen so low. Something to believe in. You believe in a car? Yes, people believe, people believe in their houses, people believe in their cars, people believe in their bank balances. If you look around you will be surprised, God has disappeared, but belief has not disappeared. God is no longer there, now there is a Cadillac or a Lincoln. God has disappeared but man has created new gods, Stalin, Mao. God has disappeared and man has created new gods, movie stars. This is for the first time in the history of human consciousness that man has fallen so low. And even if sometimes you remember God, it is just an empty word. Maybe when you are in pain, maybe when you are frustrated, then you use God, as if God is aspirin. That's what the so-called religions have made you believe, they say, take God three times a day and you won't feel any pain. So whenever you are in pain you remember God. God is not an aspirin, God is not a painkiller. A few people remember God habitually, a few others remember God professionally. A priest, he remembers professionally. He has nothing to do with God, he has paid for it. He has become proficient. A few people remember habitually, a few professionally, but nobody seems to remember God in deep love. A few people invoke his name when they are miserable, nobody remembers him when they are in joy, celebrating. And that is the right moment to remember, because only when you are joyous, immensely joyous, are you close to God. It is time to meditate first and then celebrate both achievements together. When you are in misery you are far away, when you are in misery you are closed. When you are happy you are open, flowing, you can hold God's hand. So either you remember habitually, because you have been taught from the very childhood, it has become a kind of habit, like smoking. If you smoke you don't enjoy much, if you don't smoke you feel you are missing something. If you remember God every morning, every evening, nothing is attained, because the remembrance is not of the heart, just verbal, mental, and mechanical. But if you don't remember you start feeling something is missing. It has become a ritual. Beware of making God a ritual, and beware of becoming professional about it. I have heard a very famous story. The story is about one great yogi, very famous, who was promised by a king that if he could go into deep samadhi, statue-like state, and remain under the earth for one year, 
The king would give him the best horse in the kingdom as a reward. The king knew that the yogi had a soft heart for horses, he was a great lover of horses. The yogi agreed, he was buried alive for a year. But in the course of the year the kingdom was overthrown and nobody remembered to dig up the yogi. About ten years later someone remembered, what happened to the yogi? The king sent a few people to find out. The yogi was dug up, he was still in his deep trance. A previously agreed to mantra was whispered in his ear and he was roused, and the first thing he said was, where is my horse? After ten years of remaining in silence underneath the earth. But the mind has not changed at all, where is my horse? Was this man really in trance, in samadhi? Was he thinking about God? He must have been thinking about the horse. But he was professionally proficient, skillful. He must have learned the technique of how to stop the breathing and how to go into a kind of death, but it was technical. Remaining ten years in such deep silence, and the mind has not changed a little bit. It is exactly the same as if these ten years had not passed by. If you technically remember God, if you professionally remember God, habitually, mechanically remember God, then nothing is going to happen. All is possible, but all possibilities go through the heart. Hence the name of this scripture, the Heart Sutra. Unless you do something with great love, with great involvement, with great commitment, with sincerity, with authenticity, with your total being, nothing is going to happen. For some people religion is like an artificial limb, it has neither warmth nor life. And although it helps them to stumble along it never becomes part of them, it must be strapped on each day. Remember, this has happened to millions of people on the earth, this can happen to you too. Don't create an artificial limb, let real limbs grow in you. Only then will your life have a warmth, only then will your life have joy, not a false smile on the lips, not a pseudo kind of happiness that you pretend to, not a mask, but in reality. Ordinarily you go on wearing things, somebody wears a beautiful smile, somebody wears a very compassionate face, somebody wears a very, very loving personality, but these are like clothes that you put on yourself. Deep down you remain the same. These sutras can become a revolution. The first thing, the beginning, is always the question, who am I? And one has to go on asking. When first you ask, who am I? The muladhar, the first chakra, will answer, you are a body. What nonsense. There is no need to ask, you know it already. Comfort zone for both material as well as spiritual world will reply what is the need to take so much pain. Then the second, will say you are sexuality. Fear zone will reply what is the need to conquer your fears. Then the third, will say you are a power trip, an ego, and so on and so forth. Learning zone will reply what is the need to take so much pain in learning new things whatever learned is sufficient. Remember, you have to stop only when there is no answer coming, not before it. If some answer is coming that, you are this, you are this, then know well that some center is providing you with an answer. When all the six centers, six chakras, have been crossed and all their answers cancelled, you go on asking, who am I? And no answer comes from anywhere, it is utter silence. Your question resounds in yourself, who am I? And there is silence, no answer arises from anywhere, from any corner. You are absolutely present, absolutely silent, and there is not even a vibration. Who am I? and only silence. Then a miracle happens, you cannot even formulate the question. Answers have become absurd, then finally the question also becomes absurd. First answers disappear, then the question also disappears, because they can live only together. They are like two sides of a coin, if one side is gone, the other cannot be retained. First answers disappear, then the question disappears. And with the disappearance of question and answer, you come to realize, that is transcendental. You know, yet you cannot say you know, yet you cannot be articulate about it. You know from your very being who you are, 
but it cannot be verbalized. It is life knowledge, it is not scriptural, it is not borrowed, it is not from others. It has arisen in you. And with this arising, you are a Buddha. And then you start laughing because you come to know that you have been a Buddha from the very beginning, you had just never looked so deep. You were running around and around outside your being, you had never come home. Quoted from Chapter 1, The Buddha Within, The Heart Sutra, P410. In bracket, my comments are based on from my experience and knowing or understanding till date. Now only you have come home. And a carefreeness like one feels when one reaches his slash her home arises and whole world becomes your home. You go on knowing your original face deeper and deeper each day. Every human life is a journey destined towards the beginning point of this whole existence. In Egypt it is described as wisdom snake, which is eating its own tail. Out of nothingness as per Buddha or Shunyata as per Nagarjuna, this whole existence evolved. It is evolving each moment, like any material by natural process may be very slow, tree or animal or human being. All these components are being fed by same energy as juice and a rose flower plant nourishes each root, thorn, leaf, and stem slash branch and flower too individually while they all are away from each other and in different role. Only human being can experience and know this natural juice or energy, and its very experience brings eternal freedom from this cycle of death and life again and again. Awareness meditation is the way work for me, maybe you too find it suitable otherwise dynamic meditation is for most of the people. There are 110 other meditation techniques discovered by Indian mystic Gorknath about 500 years before and further modified by Osho that one can experiment and the suitable one could be practiced in routine life. Osho International Online, OIO, provides facility to learn these from your home, through Osho Meditation Day at 20 euros per person. Oil rotate times through three time zones NY, Berlin and Mumbai. You can pre-book according to the convenient time for you. This is an opportunity for learning and knowing Osho through these Saniasins who lived in his presence and brought to life his words in best possible quality in all formats. Disciples of Jesus left him alone in last minutes but Osho's disciples remained with him till he left his body willingly after working, till last day, for all of us to get enlightened. I hyperlink it in my new posts. Let new people join it and take advantage of learning and knowing Osho through the Saniasins who lived in his presence and brought to life his words in best possible quality in all formats. Disciples of Jesus left him alone in last minutes because he failed to transfer his meditative energy because they could not learn meditation before being caught. As per St. John's Gospel, he tried to teach his disciples and used words sit for meditation and went in to pray and transfer his energy to make a Buddha field there, but he found them sleeping on returning back. He tried two more times but in vain. This word sit is still in use, as substitute, meditation by Zen people in their saying sit silently, do nothing season comes and the grass grows green. Since Osho was able to transfer his energy and successful in creating a Buddha field at Osho Meditation Resort, Pune, India so they remained with him till he left his body willingly after working, till last day, for all of us to get enlightened.